So hello, everybody. So glad you joined me today on Reinvent Yourself. I have somebody for you who looks like a regular person like you and me. And then when you hear her story, oh my God, what? I mean, she, she, every time, I mean, even just this recording with her just blew me away. So it's Suzanne Frank. And she talks about growing up in a family where everybody smoked and drank and smoked and drank, and that was just the natural way of things. Um, and by 11, she was smoking cigarettes, and then you know, at 14, she was having cigarette cravings. She was already smoking, you know, basically like a lot of us, what happened in our childhood. Um, and she was preternaturally tall, and she said, you know, at 11, she looked like an adult, so she was you know kind of out there as a young kid um sort of living the adult life very early on and she describes her parents as functional alcoholics and at a certain point in her life she decided that she didn't want to go down that same route as they and she just decided she needed something to break that habit of drinking and smoking and how was she going to do it and at 50, I mean, this is just, she just decided she wanted to run a marathon and she was going to put herself out there to do that. But she decided that a marathon was too hard, but a friend who had an idea that she should try to run a triathlon, don't ask me why this seems easier. It seems crazier to me, but to her, it made sense. She decided that would be easier. So at 50, she became a triathlete. Um, mind you, she's had many, many surgeries, all kinds of crazy things, which she'll talk about too. And she just is an inspiration. She changed her life. She runs sometimes four triathlons in a year now. And she also has brought all that learning um, to her own wellness company that she's working on, which she'll describe to you. And she is helping people. She came out of um, healthcare, and she's now helping people who need um, who need guidance when they're going through major surgeries, um, because there is a lot about, as she says, if you do enough pre-planning, you won't have a lot of re recovery in the end. So, and she just has wonderful, wonderful tips for you about what to do when you're stuck. And when she gets stuck, she just gets going. And of course, not every one of us when we feel stuck is going to start becoming a triathlete. But boy, is this an inspiration. If she can do that, maybe, maybe you can run around the block. So I want to welcome Suzanne. And I think you are just going to love hearing from her. So welcome, Suzanne Frank. So hello, Suzanne. I'm so glad I finally got you on this podcast. You're such an inspiration. How are you today? I'm doing great. I really oh, am. Good. Awesome. So let's start. I mean, your story just was so mind-blowing when you revealed it at Savannah when we were all hanging out at the, uh, uh, the terrace and we were just having our little fireside chat and Suzanne pipes in with, I did this, I did that. I changed this. I changed that. And now I, I went from couch potato to, you know, multi marathoner, all this stuff. So let's start back, um, with your story, um, growing up and uh, your attitude towards 
health and fitness. What was the attitude in your family? Sure. My family, I don't think either of my parents ever exercised, literally. And I think, you know, basically they were, you know, functional alcoholics. They were, yeah, it was also the way they were raised. Uh-huh. Sort of all they knew. And by the time I was 10, I think was when the first time I spent New Year's Eve over at somebody else's house and in that family, they were like, oh, here, have some Boone's Farm, Apple Hill or whatever, Strawberry Hill. So um, I think I was 10 or 11, you know, the first time that I had anything to drink. By the time I was 13, I was, um, it was sort of common. We, we lived near the woods. And so going into the woods with a keg of beer was just what you did. And I was also smoking by then, smoking cigarettes. I smoked pot. And I really just was, um, you know, I was, not an, I was not attentive to my life. I was just sort of going on with sort of what I saw my parents doing. There was, you know, no such thing as, as I said, no such thing as exercise. And I think I had my first glimpse. I think I was 14 years old, I think, when I woke up one morning and, and craved a cigarette. And I was like, wow, I, you know, it, there's a difference between smoking a cigarette to look cool and craving a cigarette in the morning. That was like a little bit of an aha. And I it just sort of continued on that way. Uh, another thing that would, was happening when I was a kid is that Every time we got together as family, when we had friends over, people were always drinking. And I was maturing at an early age. So by the time I was 11, you know, I was five foot six. I, you know, I had my period. I looked adult. And so men in my family thought that it was okay to make, you know, rude comments to me. And there was never really felt protected by anybody in my family. Uh, so ultimately, it was something that I sort of realized that I needed to do myself. You know, fast forward a few years, I met and married uh, my husband, Tony, and he did not smoke. And he was not a, you know, heavy drinker or anything, which was really good. So I sort of felt like I had learned something. I, I chose someone wisely. Uh, so I quit smoking when I was in my, in my twenties and I had to replace that with something. So that's, I was living in New York city at the time. And that's when I started, um, I would run a bit around central park, which was really fun. Uh, not that much, but, uh, a few years before, you know, before I got married, I lived in Boston. And so I always, Every Patriots Day was the Boston Marathon. And I told myself, oh, yeah, someday I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to do it. Um, but I never really did anything towards that. I would go for my, you know, 5K run three times a week. And still, you know, I was, I, I still, I still drank. We had, you know, we had kids. I, it's hard to explain. I don't really think of myself as an alcoholic at all. Um, but it was always something that sort of bothered me. I, I, it wasn't like my best self when I was 
drinking. It was like I was just sort of following along in the footsteps of my family. And it was when my son was in fourth grade, I think it was fourth grade, um, in our school district, we had the D.A.R.E. program, which is Drug Abuse Resistance Education. And listening to some of the things that they talked about and listening to what my son was, you know, he, he would talk about it with me. You know, I suddenly really started feeling icky about my kids thinking that every time we had people over, we had to drink and that every evening at night to wind down, we had to drink. And it just, I, it, it just really hit me. This is really not in my best interest. Uh, you know, other physical things in terms of, you know, I was at that age where I started gaining a bit of weight. I also really liked sweets. So I sort of had to decide between do I drink, do I eat, uh, do I eat sweets? And also, I was one of these people who was very affected. Um, my sleep was very affected by alcohol. And so sometimes I would wake up at you know, I'd go to bed at 11, I'd wake up at 1230, I'd be up all night long, could not fall back asleep. And then I'd fall asleep at six o'clock. And I'd have to wake up at seven to get the kids ready for school. And I was like, this, I just can't do this anymore. So I just decided, I said, this is not the way I want to be. And so I stopped. And, you know, I didn't make a big deal of it. I told my husband a month after I stopped having anything to drink that I stopped drinking. And he was like, oh, oh, I guess I noticed that. So I guess in a way that was sort of good. It wasn't like I was, you know, so dependent on it that, you know, he hadn't really even noticed or perhaps he just doesn't notice that kind of thing. I don't know. but. Once again, it was something that I needed to replace it with something. I needed to really make other changes to fill that need of relaxation, focus. So ultimately, what I wound up doing is I realized that I was not doing anything at all towards running a marathon. And to this day, I've actually not run a marathon. Uh, but by the, um, in 2010, a friend of mine was talking about this triathlon that she was about to do. And it was a really, it's what they call a super sprint triathlon. And a super sprint is, everything is really short. I mean, the swim sounds long, but it really wasn't. It was a half mile swim, a five and a half mile bike ride, and a 2.2 mile run. So I knew that in one year I was going to be turning 50. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do that. I am going to do a super sprint triathlon right after my birthday. It took me a year of training to be able to run 2.2 miles. It was, I mean, I was really not in good shape at that point. 
so finally on, it was on September 11th, uh, 2011, was my first triathlon that I did. And I was one of the last people to finish, which was fine with me, but I did it. And that started my triathlon career, so to speak. It was something that I just loved doing. It, one of the things that I love about it is that it's only, um, it's not just one sport. Since it's the three sports, especially for older people, it's less stressful on your body. So what I started doing is I started doing longer ones and longer ones. And then after, I mean, one of the things that I haven't mentioned is that I, I wound up having to have a couple of different surgeries uh, during you know, this time. I, at one point I had gallbladder disease, which was really weird because I started getting it when I was 17. And by the time I was 26, it was really bad. So I had to have my gallbladder taken out. And that was before laparoscopic surgery. So it was a really big recovery. Uh, then in 2008, I had to have a hysterectomy. And I also had uh, prolapsing organs. So I had to have some repair work. And a prolapse is sort of like a hernia, not exactly, but, you know, so they go in and they repair muscles and stuff like that. Um, and then in 2015, I, something that was, um, how do I say this? Something that I had known about for a while, but was not symptomatic, became symptomatic. And it was a, a cyst or a, sort of a tumor in the bone behind my left eye. And it was a difficult surgery to figure out. And as it was becoming more and more symptomatic, I was, I was becoming, um, I had more headaches. I had um, balance issues. My eyes weren't focusing correctly. So it's like, there were these subtle things that were really sort of affecting my, my quality of life. Um, it took a while to find a doctor to actually perform the surgery. Um, but up until then, I still had been doing triathlon. But then right before the surgery, this woman who I had been working with at the Rye YMCA, they had a program there called the Rye Tribe. And it was for women doing triathlon. And I'd been doing it for a few years. And this one woman approached me and said, we're going to be doing a 70.3, which is a half iron distance triathlon and 70.3 means 70.3 miles under your own power within eight and a half hours and she approached me and she said are you interested in doing this and here i am i'm facing this surgery and i'm thinking i need a big goal i need something that is really going to motivate me because i have no idea what I'm going to be like after this surgery. So I said, yes. And it still was a little bit crazy to do considering that 70.3 means a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike ride, 
and then a half marathon at the end. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about it now. It's like, I can't believe that I did this. So um, are you just, Suzanne, you are like, were you always like this? Where you just faced these enormous challenges with creating another challenge for yourself? I mean, it's pretty <laughs> absolutely, I don't think I've ever heard anybody who is facing a health issue and then looks at, a, a, you know, an enormous challenge like that for the body um, when you're facing that health issue. Has that always been you or, you know, that's just really kind of unusual, isn't it? You know, I, 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 I think, I, I guess I am a little unusual in that way. I, I tend to, I work really well when I have a goal, put it that way. And since with my first two surgeries, I have to say that, um, I mean, the first one is big abdominal surgery and, and frankly, so was the second one. Um, both of those, you know, it took me probably a year to 15 months to feel, quote, completely normal again. And so normal doesn't mean exactly the same as you felt beforehand, right, before you were ill. It just means that normal to you just means that you're not bothered by it anymore. You don't think, oh, yeah, I still have this pain from my incision, you know. Um, those things took a long time. And now I've got this thing where they're, like, literally going to be doing work on my skull. and it potentially was a disfiguring uh, surgery, but ultimately the way they did it, it was not at all, which was really, these doctors were brilliant. Um, but yes, I, I guess it's almost like I need to have something bigger to focus on because I can get distracted by the small stuff. And. But that works for you to have something bigger. It works for me. Bigger. Okay. It, it, it really, it really does. Um, and so ultimately what happened is, um, so my husband decided he wanted to do the 70.3 as well. Cause he had sort of like been doing these things along with me and, and he didn't know how to swim at all. So it's like, you know, he made his own different kinds of massive progress, you know? Um, and for me, I, I, what I found was the day that we were, the day we showed up, up in Maine, the day of the. Uh, two days before the 70.3, the water temperature was 58 degrees. Thank God, somehow some warmer water came in and it wound up being 63 degrees, <laughs> which is, we, those five degrees make a big difference. Um, but I remember as I was swimming, you know, I get into the water, we're swimming, there's a whole bunch of people, there's like, you know, 1500 people are you know, getting into the water roughly the same time and you're swimming and swimming and swimming. And this is off the coast of um, Maine it, at Old Orchard Beach. And so, you know, you're swimming in deep water. It's probably like 50 feet deep or something. And so you can't really see the bottom. And as I was coming around the corner to the, to the last, um, to, so I was just heading towards the beach, I could start seeing the floor of the ocean sort of rising up. And I have to tell you, I just, I started crying while I was swimming, uh, which is weird because then I've got these hot tears in my goggles 
which are really, really cold. And at this point, like I could, my, my skull where the surgery had taken place, like was really numb and really cold and it was really hurting. And I'm crying as I'm swimming and I'm like, oh my God, I can do this. It's like, this is happening. I, you know, I just blew my, I just blew myself away. You know, it's funny because like, as I'm doing it, like I don't really see the whole I don't see the whole thing. Like I see, I, I know that I want to do this 70.3, but when you're in the midst of it and you're, and you're training for it, you still don't see it. But then when you're in it and you're doing it, it's like, Oh my God, it was, it just blew me away. So, um, so then after that, you know, I, I finished my 56 mile bike ride and, and uh, my husband who I had literally beat every single other um, triathlon we'd ever done together um because he was such a slow swimmer um that he couldn't catch up to me but on 70.3 miles he caught up with me and he passed me on on the run and that that's okay <laughs> um and i'm a back of the pack triathlete but i am a triathlete and it's so, just oh, i was ahead. gonna ask how old are you now suzanne and how often I am, are you doing this I am 58 years old, 58 and a half, and um, I started doing this uh, the year that I turned 50, so I've been doing it every year. I uh, first started out with just one triathlon, then I went to three, then I think my, the largest number I ever did in a year was four. Um, in terms of the uh, I did two 70.3s. That one that I did was in 2017, then I did one in, in 2018. But I did not do any last year, which was very disappointing to me because I had um, injured, I have something that's called IT band syndrome and patellar tendonitis. It's just a tendonitis that is really hard to get rid of. This year, um, uh, I've been setting myself these goals to get this resolved. Uh, I'm now doing acupuncture and particular kinds of, you know, trying to not eat inflammatory foods. And, um, and I'm just going to be sticking with uh, sprint triathlons this year. So uh, how, how do you look at aging and the body then? Do you have any thoughts on what limitations people put on it? Is it wrong? Is it right? And you got into it so late. Yeah. Um, and how does it relate, do you think, at all to your childhood, wanting to make sure you're as far away as oh, you could be from the smoking yeah. and drinking you grew up with? Yeah. I think that, um, I think that, I, I really do believe that people get stronger up until they're probably their 40s. I think men and more so than women, but I really do think that you can continue to get stronger for a long time in your life. But I do think that there are some limitations that just do happen um, in your 50s and 60s, but you can always get stronger, well, almost always can get stronger if you're starting from very little. You know, it really, it, like if you're not exercising and you start exercising, you're gonna get stronger. And it is such, it makes such a difference in your life to, you know, be able to run up the stairs or just to be able to, you know, it was, it was funny. I remember right after I had my, um, 
hysterectomy, um, you know, the doctor said, you know, don't do anything for six weeks, which was fine because I had a lot of, as I said, repair work done. Um, but at four weeks, I was walking across the street and I hadn't realized that a car was coming. So I had to like jog for, I don't know, like 15 feet. And it was like, wow, what a difference, you know, um, because before I, you know, had stuff that was, you know, not in the proper place. And uh, so the repair work made a huge difference. Um, so in a way, that's just like exercising. It's like if you strengthen your body, suddenly you can do things that you didn't realize that you can do. And having that, having that sudden realization is so empowering. It really is. It, and in terms of getting away from when I was a kid, yeah, I just, I am so glad that I did not grow up and emulate my parents all the way through. Um, that, that would just would have been depressing. Uh, one, the, the way that I injured myself uh, last year was because I went on a trek in Peru and it was over the course of like six days, we went somewhere between 40 and 50 miles. And, it, you know, we did it all ourselves. We just, we had our backpacks. Um, we did have some, we did have some pack animals that took, you know, the really heavy stuff, but we had our own backpacks and we were going up and down these, you know, these mountains and, you know, rugged hills. And, and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was a smoker. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had continued drinking. And it was just one of the best experiences of my life. How do you talk about that to your kids? Do you talk to them in any kind of abstinence way? Do you let them do their own thing? Do you let them find their own way? Did they talk to you about it? Um, so it, what's interesting is um, I... I have talked with my kids about it when I, I had expectation. My parents really, it was like benign neglect with me. You know, my, my mother knew that I was drinking and smoking and smoking pot. And, you know, she never sat me down and said anything, which was, I think really foolish. I'm not really sure what I would have done, but nevertheless, I think as a parent, you need to address things. Um, we were really, really fortunate that both of our kids were not interested in, certainly were definitely not interested in smoking um, and were not, they were sort of nerdy and they were not exposed too much, at least to the, um, the pot drinking and uh, pot smoking and the drinking that was happening in their high school. Um, Max did start drinking when he was, uh, he says that, I mean, he really only had a little bit in freshman year and in sophomore year, he started drinking more. And there have been times that, it, uh, you know, I had to have a conversation with him that was, I, I, and I basically just put it as, um, you know, the reason why you wake up feeling bad in the morning is because you've just sort of polluted yourself. You've poisoned yourself. Uh, I, like I, I very clearly state it that way. Um, but he still, we still talk about it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't, 
I, I don't get on my high horse. I don't say you can't do this. I just sort of open his eyes to this is what it's doing to you. Um, what has, has doing this done for the rest of your life? How has it impacted other things? Has it given you besides the physical confidence? What kind of other confidence have you been able to see change as a result of that? Yeah. You know, so one of the things that um, I had this, so, so my, um, let's see. So my mother died suddenly in 2009. It was not unexpected, but it was still sudden. And that was a very difficult period afterwards. Um, and I just started realizing that I could not continue doing what it was that I was doing. And basically I was in finance and administration. I had a, uh, MPA, Masters of Public Administration that I had gotten, and I'd worked in the nonprofit field, and I really didn't want to stay doing that. Seeing my own health issues, my um, family's health issues, my mother's health issues, uh, just made me very interested in, you know, health and wellness overall. And so in 2011, I think it was, 2012, I um, went to Duke, and I got a certificate in integrative health coaching. And so since then, I've sort of done it more as a hobby, but I had this big aha moment um, last year that really what I'm interested in doing is helping people plan for their best possible recovery from surgery. I call it more prehab, less rehab. And it's I, I want to work with people and I'm starting to work with people, you know, who are facing major surgery. And so by approaching it sort of, you know, in five with five pillars, basically some mindfulness, getting rid of toxins in your life, eating nutrient dense foods, getting a lot of exercise and then really planning for an excellent recovery. Um, doing those things will you know, should make a huge difference because that's basically what I did for myself. And so now talk a little bit about, is that a company that you have or what can people find you doing? Uh, okay, so um, I do have a, uh, my company is Frank Wellness. And so I do health coaching through that. And um, still developing the, I have the URLs, so I'm still developing the websites. Uh, but yes, it's going to be, it'll be online and I can always be reached at Suzanne at frankwellness.com. If anybody's interested, if, if you're facing surgery, especially like a, I mean, a big plan for surgery, including things like joint replacement, hysterectomy, um, you know, in my case, the, the surgery in my head, I mean, that, that's not something that people normally get. Um, but common surgeries are also, you know, having your gallbladder out. I had two out of the three top major surgeries, you know, my gallbladder removed and a hysterectomy and, and, you know, I've been there, done that. And I have a really good idea of how to help people get through it and have an excellent recovery. Okay. So what three tips, Suzanne, can you give us that would help people who want to reinvent the way you have both? Um, as a, you know, a healthier person, um, and also you've made it your business, which is mm. great. So I would say that, uh, the first thing is 
you know, if you're feeling desperate and feeling stuck and really not knowing what to do, then I think you just sort of have to be very sort of rational about it and stop thinking that you're stuck and pick three things to do. One, something old that you did in the past that you let go. Do something intellectually challenging, whether or not it's new or old, doesn't really matter. And then trying something completely new. And you don't have to do it for long. Just do it. So for me, it was that I started motorcycling again uh, in 2007. I took French one yet again. I've done that literally four or five times in my life. And I picked up belly dancing. So I, doing those three things really got me unstuck. Um, the only thing I still do is motorcycle. Uh, another thing is that the way that I was able to do triathlon was that I literally let go of that dream of running a marathon. I, I realized I was bullshitting myself when I said, oh, I'm going to do a marathon someday. It's like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not even going for a run. How am I going to do a marathon? But a triathlon I could do. Like I recognized what my strengths were. I was a better swimmer than I was a runner. And then finally, and this is something that I'd, I've done once before, then it creeped back in, but I did it just a few days ago. Doing something really small that can have outsized impact. And for me, on the front of my phone, on the, you know, the, uh, the face of it, I had a folder of social media icons. So I moved it to the second page. So it's not on the front part of my phone. I, I swear I have an extra half hour every day now that because it's not right there and I'm not like just by seeing it, oh, I'm gonna go look on Facebook. I have to, you know, swipe once and then find it. And I tell you, it's made a huge difference. Wow. I love this. I love the three things. I love the pick three things that you are just, I have to say when if you guys go online and look at a picture of Suzanne, she looks like all of us. And then she's doing motorcycling. She's doing belly dancing. She's taking French one again. This is what I mean. When I met you, I just was so blown away. And I totally love when you say that you, you can't run your marathon. So you're going to do a triathlon. Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> but if it works for you, look at that. So it does. Suzanne, you're a rock star. I so appreciate you taking the time with us. And I hope that everybody will find you. And just say again, if somebody's going to go through surgery, they find you at Suzanne at frankwellness.com, right? That is correct. Awesome. That's right. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. I so appreciate it. Uh, this was awesome, Leslie. Thank you so much. So thank you all for listening to this great story with the lovely Suzanne Frank. I just have to say, totally blown away by her. I ran one mini marathon um, once and that was hard enough. I can't imagine swimming, you know, how many miles <laughs> she swims and then the 56 mile bike hike. I mean, like just anyway, whatever. And she'd started this at 50. And the point is, it's never too late. 
you can always do it. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I hope that you will subscribe and I hope that you will pass this along to friends so that they can be inspired as well. And I hope also that you will come over to Covey Club and join us there. We have a lot of content to read. We have webinars that we hold where we talk about everything from reinvention to, you know, what's going on with your body, what's going on with your skin, your hair, the whole thing. And then we also have fabulous, fabulous events that I'm really proud of. I hope you will join us at Savannah in November. If you go to the events page at CoveyClub.com, you will read that. That's in November. It's a big spa trip. We had 55 fabulous women join us last time and people really loved it. And then we're planning something for New Orleans, which is my new home, which is going to be June 5th through 7th. So I hope you can join us there too. So, and if you want to dig really deep, um, you can join us at campreinvention.com where we do some really dig deep reinvention work. Um, Suzanne's there with me working on it. I'm working on my issues too. And you can join us there. So thank you so much for being with us. Until next time, I hope you're having a great reinvented day.